song not the film yeah this is travis and this is yuri and you are awaited you are awaited everyone uh, a a mad max fury road podcast in which we sometimes talk about mad max fury road uh and by sometimes he thus far means <laughs> never, never. <laughs> it has not happened yet but we will i think uh barring any crazy thing else that comes up in our life we will get to the next mad episode max fury road. might actually be because <sighs> just for, for those of you I, I don't even know if we've ever I've lost track of if we ever even really explained. Yeah. Uh, the idea is to take Mad Max Fury Road, which we both loved and felt chock full of things to talk about. Chock full. Four minutes at a time. Watch the f- four minutes, you know, uh, in, in a row. And then talk about the four minutes. Um, and so, but we thought it would be remiss, especially for us, uh, to go on and talk about Fury Road without talking about, at least briefly, the movie's... The previous three movies. If I may, Mm -hmm. this podcast is a bit like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome in that it does not find out what it's about until episode, I don't know, six. Right, or maybe never. Yeah, or maybe never. And maybe get there. Uh, So today we watched Mad Max. We just finished watching uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, the third in the series. Right. And And, and, and the second most watched Mad Max movie for me because I remember at one point uh, when I was growing up in in high school, it it was on cable. Like Every cable channel showed Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. On a loop. Why would they do that? You know, having rewatched it today, I really have no because the song was uh, popular. I gotta so say, you want to start with the score? You want to just talk about the score? The, the well, let me start with I just okay. I picked up this the the back of the Blu-ray disc. I thought which you're, you're allowed to look at. One of the rules on this show is you're not allowed to go to the internet, right? But you are allowed to look at physical. Yeah. Well, I just yeah, I didn't okay. even tend to do this, but I have it here in my hand, and this may help. Because it, in some ways, displays the chaos of this film. First of all, um, uh, the only of the f- four movies that George Miller did not direct by himself. Correct. Correct. Yes. He had help with this, which may explain a couple of the mm. weird diso- decisions. And, and as I understand it, um, it was because uh, someone who also involved in the production, but a very uh, close friend, I don't remember um, exactly in what capacity, uh, but died right at the beginning, mm. and so uh, George Miller was was clearly, you know, he had that to deal with. Which weird is it doesn't feel uh, fraught with sorrow. It feels fraught with with uh, sticky gags that don't necessarily go anywhere or make sense yeah. or thematically add up to anything. Which which you know may have been because he was absent from the process a lot. Yeah. Do you know what that it feels? Somebody, what does it, it feels feel like? lazy. Yeah. Doesn't it? It does. La- I mean, George Miller lazy and not and not thought out and. And you're right. You know, one of the things we talk about, you and me, before we started this podcast, which is probably one of the reasons we did, about Fury Road, is that every little thing that pops up has a reason, has a, a history, right. has, you know, has depth to it. Even if, you know, on the surface it looks like, oh, he just put that in to look cool. If you think about it for another split second, you realize that it's based in the reality of the totally. movie. And this, uh, nothing... Another reason, you know, we both love Fury Road is it doesn't spoon feed. Like, it, it, you know, there's no, it doesn't feel like it has to explain everything. Right. And yet with this movie, I needed some fucking reason for, you know, for, for you know, any of this to be happening. And yeah. none was to be. It was, it was the climactic chase scene. And I leaned over and asked Yuri, why are they chasing him? The, the big, the big scene. I, could, right. I couldn't even remember what was happening. So here's right. the plot of uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunder, Thunderdome. <coughs> According to the back of the Blu-ray disc. Two men enter, one man leaves. That's the law in Bartertown's Thunderdome Arena. But lawmaker, so far so good. So so far so good. Weird, but so far so good. But lawmaker anti entity will soon add another. Don't get Max mad. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome stars Mel Gibson in his third go round as a title hero who takes on the barbarians of the post nuclear future. And this you just time, said nuclear. I gotta uh, call you on that. Nuclear. Sorry. Okay. I was watching George Bush earlier today. I'm not joking. I was. I really was. And this time becomes the savior of a tribe of lost children. Music superstar Tina Turner steals what's left of the screen as anti-entity, a power-mad dominatrix determined to use Max to tighten her stranglehold on Bartertown. Directors George Miller and George, George Ogilvy deliver another rousing apocalypse on wheels and one of the best movie fight scenes ever as Mad... Max and the gladiatorial blaster face off with maces, chainsaws, and anything not nailed down inside Thunderdome. 
Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, colon, watch and you'll agree with the soundtrack song that we don't need another hero. Okay. Wow. See? What? Right. No, please. Please. Re immediate reaction. I was, to I was going to say, you know, going into that, I was like, I wish I had seen that movie because mm -hmm. that's... Mm -hmm. um, because they made it sound some somewhat coherent, but um, also, and then but then we don't need another. Yeah, doesn't make I, sense because okay. we, we need a hero in the film. But also, this describes the first act of the film. Correct. Let's tell. Let's take that yeah. in for a second. Yeah. The, the entire movie description on the back of the of the box describes yeah. the first act of the film. There's two more acts of of nonsensical insanity yeah. in the film that they so felt you, they had to fill. We can't pitch yeah. that because it doesn't make sense. Like right. they couldn't put it on the box because like wait they're they're then in a cargo cult, Peter Pan town. Well, don't right. put that in the box. No one's gonna buy that movie. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't buy it. I mean, you know, I, no. you know, it's funny. I, I, I remembered very little of this movie. I remember all the way up, sort of through, you know, the fight with Blaster in the in the Thunderdome, which is the first which act is, break, right? Which is, yeah, I think so. And, and I always remember sort of thinking, yeah, that the, you know, the beginning of that movie, there's something there. Like that's the, you know, the stuff that I liked about Mad Max, your Mad Max movies. And then it goes off somewhere, and I, I really couldn't remember. And and rewatching it today, many years later, I see why that happened. Yeah. Um. It you said you know at the very beginning of the film we were watching, you said uh, it doesn't start off with a with a, a chase, uh, an right. chase, which is sort of uh, Mad Max style. It should have um, warned. And, and I'm you okay. Then. I'm yeah. okay with it not starting off the way it normally does. It is interesting to see the moments that George Miller. Um, cop from this to put in Fury Road. Yes. The Matt, Max getting his hair cut while unconscious and the kid, you know, reaching out with the hand to pull the hair away on the ground mm -hmm. um, immediately jumped out at me as, yeah, that's oh, great, yeah, great. that's, you know, because he does that in Fury Road. Um, there there were a couple of other things in there, but... The pale little boys. What's his Yeah, little sort of proto-war boy. War boys, yeah. 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 You know what this reminds me? Uh, go with me on this for a moment. I'm going with Have you on a journey. Have you ever heard Seal's first album? Do you know Seal, the artist? Yeah, of okay. course. So here's how did, 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 is that the is, is did his first album was that the one that had the hit song that everybody Correct. still and here's my point about that song, okay. right. which is every song on that album is pulling from the same reservoir of of elements and all of them sound a lot alike but only mm -hmm. in one song do all the elements come together and make something beautiful that's the hit song Crazy right by that's, yeah. great song every song on the album is close to but not a very good song mm -hmm. and I feel like there's this like mix of elements that's coming into play here. And in this movie, they just don't congeal into anything that makes sense. It Correct. just sort of goes awry. We've got, in, in, in uh, Mad Max, um, The Road Warrior, mm -hmm. I think that really congeals in a, in a good way. And in Mad yeah. Max Fury Road, they really all come together in a way that is explosively yeah. great. But here, it's like he was drunk or absent, as you say. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm happy you told me that because I feel like it, it, it gives me a You feel a, a little context. less betrayed. Yeah, yeah I, I feel less betrayed. And I have a or less confused to to as to why he would be so good, so good, not so good, and then so good again. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it didn't occur to me until watching it today that all, the, all the pigs, and then I, his next movie must have been Babe. That's his. That he produced, and then, and then Babe Pig in the City, which, argue, Babe Pig in the City is arguably a better Mad Max film than this film. We're gonna, now you have to watch Babe. Pig now in we the have City. to watch. Well done. Just wow, I just, I just spun us off again. <laughs> we should, we should start this. We should have regular things on the podcast. Here's one. Okay. When we get to the four minutes of time, we should rate them that four minutes on a one to ten scale or some sort of scale, okay. a Mad Max scale. Okay. Uh, so let's quickly go back and rate the other movies up to this point, and then we'll we'll rate Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome here. So okay. what do you give the original Mad Max? What's our first of all? What's For, our scale? What's, what's the what's the scale? What's the um, uh, five wheels rating? Five, five one, one to five wheels. Yeah. One to five wheels. Yeah. Because um, a five wheel car rate, is obviously a great car. Right. I would rate. Um, the first Mad Max movie, two and a half to three wheels. Okay. I think. I'm exactly the same as you on that. Okay. I was going to say two and a half to three. Okay. Um, I would rate uh, uh, The Road Warrior, Mad Max 2. I would rate four solid wheels, maybe even four and a half, with, with as many times as I've seen it and as much as I love it. And interestingly enough, I have since the last time we spoke or, or since the last time we watched a Mad Max movie, mm. I've seen The Good Dinosaur. The new Pixar, Pixar oh, right. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know you're wondering where I could possibly be going with this. Um, there is a feral kid who is the second lead, basically, of ah. that movie that they clearly modeled off of the feral kid in, Interesting. in Road Warrior. Pixar. Pixar. Jerks. Pixar, right. Um, 
But yeah, I'd, I'd say Road Warrior, at, at least a solid four for me. Fair. I'd give it three and a half, four. You'd give it three and a half, four? Okay. Pro- probably. Probably tending towards four. Okay. So let's All say right, you so give we're it like four and a half, four, four yeah. and a half, I'll yeah. give it a solid four. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. One to five. Uh, one and a half. Ah, to, I, one, I wish I would go first because I want to say exactly what you're saying. One and a half You're possibly two. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's where it has to be. Yeah. Okay. Um, because two. they do explore. So, I mean, that there are some great moments in here. I mean, the Thunderdome stuff is great. The idea behind Barter Town. I don't know if he was trying to make some sort of, you know, capitalist statement. Well, I mean, a lot of his films, you know, real, sure. I mean, all of these Mad Max films have to do with, you know, Capitalism, the industrialization, and, and how it's you know it's gone horribly, horribly wrong, and, and resources, and well, I, I don't know. This 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 podcast wasn't about you know deconstructing and and, and saying really smart things about the films, yeah. um, which clearly I'm I'm uncomfortable doing because I, I don't I don't feel confident that I I I know smart things like that. But um, but the idea of Barter Town, great. Yeah. You know some of the some of the you know the imagery and the stuff in it. You know, when, when he's walking up and the guy tries to sell him water and he pulls out the Geiger counter, great. you know, great. Yeah. Um, where, when he's unloaded, when they say weapons, you have to leave here. Classic great moment of him, you know, taking all the weapons out, which which sort of happens in Fury Road when he's 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 like, you know, pull all the weapons out of the car, uh-huh. you know, give me all the, and they start loading, Same you know, beat. and yeah. he's pulling out the weapons from all the different places. Yeah. Um, you know, great be- great character building moment. Um, the return of the, the pilot, the air, uh, there, there's a... What do they call him in the Road Warrior? It's not the pilot. It's the uh... anyway. Uh, we know who we're talking about. Bruce Spence, yep. who plays. Um, and yet, strangely enough, you commented on this. Same actor, yep. same character. Interesting development. He's got a son. I think that's a great relationship. Uh, well, he left with the girl in the last movie. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Totally makes sense. Um, appears to not know who Max is. <laughs> Here's my theory on that. I have a theory on that, and I think that okay. it ties into what we're talking about today. I, I really think that, and I want to I want to talk about this a little bit. I think that's worth worth spending some time on. It seems to me that George Miller is uh, make remaking the same film over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, and the idea that this this character that he found a character he liked mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't know his main character, even though he did in the last film. So clearly, mm-hmm. this is a, a new fresh start. Even though time seems to jump ahead seventy five years every film. Max doesn't really age that much. We're just right because he, he's you trying to find that, the right. Yeah. He's trying to find the right era to set it in. How mm-hmm. far past post-apocalypse do we have to be for this to yeah. make sense? What kind of characters do we want? He's finding his aesthetic over time, and he's just remaking the same film over mm-hmm. and over and over again until he gets it right. It feels like, and I think right. in Mad Max Fury Road, he kind of gets it right. Right. In a way that all these elements are still there, they still come into play. The characters make sense. The characters have backstories, um, but the idea that this pilot doesn't know Max. I really think supports that theory. Yeah, yeah. You're not sold. I'd, no, I'd agree, and 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 leads me a little bit. You know, we started talking the Feral Kid. This this theory, this this idea that it's the same story, but you know, a different angle or a different uh, retelling of the same story. Um, there's the the Feral Kid theory for Mad Max Fury Road, which is that it's not the same Max. That it's mm-hmm. not the Mel Gibson Max. It's literally the Feral Kid grown up to. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, my theory is that George Miller doesn't give a fuck about that stuff. I, it feels like it feels okay. to me like Mad I'll Max. I'll buy that. Doesn't it feel like Mad Max? The character is a superhero, really. That his job is not to uh, necessarily solve crimes. Mad Max doesn't do a whole lot in some of his films, but he is a uh, a, a receptacle repository of stories that goes and these things right. happen to this guy. So your centerpiece is Max. It's a shared history and a and a retelling of stories and a yeah yeah. Yeah, it feels like Mad Max acts as a superhero in that way, where he is just the guy that we, we use to tell our stories, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't feel like it matters. Who also, it, it just occurs to me, his name is never mentioned once in this film. Yeah, and in fact, they call him. They call him Walker, right. Yeah, the one, the guy with, man with no name. What they call right, him? Or, Thunderdome? Um, the, the, oh, the man with, the, was it man with no past, man with no name? Man with no name. Uh, man with no name, maybe? Like yeah. Yeah. Um, and the fight in Thunderdome is, you know, it's it's great. I mean, there are a lot of great elements. The whole Master Blaster thing, you know, the methane, you know, it's it's always resources. You know, here it's uh, what methane versus what is what does anti entity have to offer? Nothing, because Tina Turner. Oh, sucks. there you go. Okay, right. Also, Sorry. so so I love so, so Tina we, Turner, but she sucks. But but yeah, no, she's got the the best legs in the business, and she looks great in Chainmail, <laughs> but literally has nothing to offer to this story. <laughs> now. Um, back I, to the score, which is a great, great segue. Sorry, back to yes. the score. 
which we, we we're going to talk about and then we didn't and now we have to yeah. because it's awful it's it so is, bad it is well it, it, you know every time I, it, the movie gets steam up you know they bring the saxes you know the 80s saxophones in and destroy any and then it's it, it's it's just at every turn the score uh, fights the film I yeah, think I agree um, and it's you know it sometimes it becomes it makes it you know it becomes a little bit goonies yeah um, both in score and in tone the tone for the film also mismatched throughout it felt like they wanted to and maybe this was duty interference I don't know they wanted to make it a little softer a little more you know maybe you know maybe the kids will like this film if you if you just don't go as hard as you've gone yeah. in the past chill out we got Tina Turner chill She's out a draw. Right, exactly. Mel, We're, Mel Gibson is, is uh, just got cast. He's about to break. Weapon. He just got cast in *The Weapon*. Right. This is, um, you know, that, that was the point in his career. So, my little sister, uh, who's brilliant and smart Cry and wonderful, little sister. Uh, she watched *Lost Boys* now. See, now we're segueing into *Lost Boys*, <laughs> which has really zero to do with Mad Max. Um, she wants to be a writer now, and when she was like, <coughs> excuse me, when she was like eleven or twelve. She wanted to, write, wanted to write a book, and uh, she said, for Christmas, uh, what I want is for you to write a book with me. And I was like, how about this? Why don't you write a chapter, I'll write a chapter, you write a chapter, and we'll alternate. So we Genius. started doing this. This is what we started doing. You've been doing this for the whole year, for this year? Uh, no, this is like, we stopped. Is, she, she, okay. Well, she abandoned for reasons I will explain, right. I think. But um, we made it through quite a few chapters, where mm-hmm. she would send me a thing, and I would write it. the next chapter. She got the first one to set the world. Okay. And she set this fantasy world with a... As a side note, it became very interesting because it was all loosely allegorical um, um, comp, uh, versions of our family. Mm-hmm. That every character mm-hmm. in our family had a character version of the story. It was named differently, that's, but very... That's actually and, very, and then very 11, sweet. Yeah, in an 11, 12-year-old way. Um, but uh, my, goal, my game and goal quickly became whatever she wrote, and I would try to see where she was going, and I would subvert that in my chapter and send it back to her. So right. if the character was a love interest, I would kill him. And if there was, if they're going to the Emerald City, the next chapter of the Emerald City got blown up. Whatever. Right. And so I thought it was so fun. Just, well, and you were constantly injecting conflict, which is something that, that young writers often forget to do. They make a story really easy sure. about these characters that they love, and you get to the end and it's kind of empty because, like, right, because nothing love, ever, you I never would, had to would, fight for anything. I would love to say it was a, uh, a writing You just lesson. hate your sisters. I just thought it was funny to do. Um, but my point is, that process felt like watching this movie and that every scene just seems to be either unconnected or to subvert the previous sequence. Like, it, it, just, right. it just felt like two different writers were just struggling with each other or four different writers or five different mm-hmm. writers. So the score is doing one thing, the plot's doing a different thing, the set design even gets kind of confusing, which for George Miller is, yeah. is surprising to me. Yeah. It just seemed like completely chaotic and I couldn't mm-hmm. grasp onto even an aesthetic or a plot or a character to hold on to right. to take me to the film. Well, yeah, where, where he's always been really clear as to setting the rules for the world. Mm-hmm. This movie has no rules. Yes. Um, they're in the desert, but then there's this hidden um, utopia of, you know, water and kids, you know, in, in the jungle. Um, we don't know really where they came from. There's this loose sort of history that they try to tell you as to how they got there. Yeah. Um, but then it still doesn't explain why it's only kids and how or how long they've been there or... And then, you know, at the end, they, they literally escape to a place that's worse than the one they went to and call it a victory. Do me like, a favor. From, I would love this. From, do, this yeah. do this for me. Okay. P- pitch me this film. Tell, pitch me Mad okay. Max Beyond Thunderdome. Tell me what okay. happens start to finish as best you can in narrative order. Tell me, tell me the story. Okay. Here's the movie. <laughs> oh, right. I can't wait. Okay, here's the movie. Max um, gets... Uh, basically robbed at the very beginning of the film and has to go to the next town uh, from the desert uh, to get his stuff back. Great. What was Max doing? He was, he was just driving his camel uh, train through the, uh, through the desert. <laughs> and he, uh, he gets to this place called Barter Town that he's clearly never been to before uh-huh. where everything costs. You know? so the, literally, when he, when he goes in to the, uh, to the, to, to the town, they, they ask him you know, what his business is. And he's, his business is he doesn't have anything to offer, but... Um, but he wants to get his stuff back. So they say, okay, we'll offer you a deal. We'll get your stuff back, um, but you've got um, to kill this guy for us. And they put him through this cool you know, test where they test to make sure he's, he's going to be good enough to, to do it. And he, he passes because he's, he's Max. Um, and, you know, well, he used to be a cop. So, yeah, yeah, sure. uh, so then basically he ends up 
teaming up with, or not teaming up with, but working for uh, Auntie Entity, played by Tina Turner. Mm -hmm. um, so who far sort you're of, still hooked. Right, you're hooked, right? Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, because she's sort of at odds with the, she kind of runs half the town, and the other half of the town is in this stranglehold um, by this guy named Master Blaster, who's actually two guys, this is a little tiny guy. <laughs> riding on a bigger guy. Oh, sure. Um, but he knows the technology of methane. You know, he's he's got the methane refinery, so the which movie the city about, needs. Okay, so the movie's about Max getting his stuff back. It starts that way. Okay, okay. This trying is, to attack the pitch. Right, right, exactly. So, so Max wants to get his stuff back. The only way he can do it is by killing this master blaster um, for Tina Turner's character. Great. Great plot for a film. That's the whole movie, right? No. Oh, no. okay. This, okay. this is just, you know what? You like that? There's so much more. <laughs> it's only It only gets better from here. <laughs> okay. Um, he can't just walk up and, and kill this guy um, because they need to stay subtle because they tell you that in the movie that they need to, it needs to be subtle. Uh, so so they, they have to, he has to do it like a ritual challenge and they have this place called the Thunderdome where all these, where they even say in the film, it's, you know, to keep wars from happening, we settle it on, on a small level. When two people have a grievance, they fight each other to the death in, okay. in Thunderdome. Now, it's like the U.S. court system. Right. It's now, like, just a point of uh, inquiry here. Mm -hmm. They are uh, fighting... I don't understand why you're not following this, but... No, no, no. So far, so yeah, good. Yeah, okay. Um, they're fighting... Uh, they want this little guy killed because he's the brains of the operation. Or they he's, want the big guy... Well... They want the, both the pair killed. Yeah, they want... The, they, well, yeah, so that they can take over the methane. Right. And this, the, the little guy is the brains. Right. Do they demonstrate in any way that he's smart? How do they do that? Um, they would have, you, I, you, know, you know how they demonstrate he's smart? Yeah, Here's me. how we demonstrate he's smart. Okay. He talks in really fractured sentences that make him sound stupid, so you know he's smart. Great. Go on. Okay. <laughs> so I've got you. Um, Max, uh, because he's a good guy, he ends up beating this guy, and right as he's about to kill him, he realizes he's basically this giant baby man. Um, <laughs> wait. With, okay, with wait. Hold on. Back up. <laughs> okay. okay. Explain that to me. So he's fighting a giant baby man so the he's whole fighting, time? Well, he's got, the guy's got this helmet on. You can't, you can't write. Exa well, except for nowhere near the third act. Oh, um, oh So no. he spares his life, but then <coughs> anti-entity kills the guy um, to prove that she's bad and Max is, you know, is good. He spares the baby man's life? Right. But then, <coughs> in, in another twist, rather than giving him his stuff back because he did what he was asked, right. she says... You welched on the bet, basically, or you welched on the deal because you didn't kill him. So we've got this this wheel of fortune thing where we spin the wheel. Uh, it's the wheel of deal, the deal. I don't know. Doesn't anyway. Um, and basically whatever it lands on is your punishment. And it lands on Gulag, which as I understand it, is <laughs> an Eastern European uh, prison, you know, in Siberia. In wait, the... So what is that? I can't wait to see what a Gulag looks like in George Miller's mind. What, what is it? I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, they put you on a horse backwards. Uh, put a giant Mardi Gras uh, head on you so you can't see where you're going even though you're facing the other way. <laughs> and they, they whip the horse and send you out into the, into the desert. Um, also, you know, odd that, you know, I would imagine horses don't come easy in this world. Yeah. Um, but they're perfectly willing to get rid of one Have into the desert. Have we seen any horses up to this point? No, I believe this is the first horse we've seen. <laughs> right. so, so, so let's, 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 let's believe that it's the last horse in existence. And they use and they it to send it a man to, wearing to send a, a man plaster wearing... Paris hat into the desert? Into I'm the just desert. making sure exactly. I'm tracking what you're saying. Exactly. So, so let me just Pretty soon, you. Pretty so soon we... this will all make sense. Okay, so Mel Gibson uh, spares the baby man's life. Now, how does that weird baby head sit on the body? Does it make sense? Yeah, I'm he's, to he's, let's, let's just, he's, he's, he's of a declined mental facility. Let's say oh. he's, like, he's like a giant man with, with a, a very childlike... Uh, sure. You know, so he can't bring himself to, to crush the guy's head. But fights... But fights like Very a well. warrior. Is yeah. that is that normal? Uh, is in any... in Bartertown. Okay. <laughs> okay. So pick oh, well, up. Well, no. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So we have to be close to the end of the film, right? So George. Uh, so so Mad Max goes off to the desert wearing the plaster of Paris hat. Sister, we've just begun. Oh wow. Okay. There's more. Okay. As a matter of fact, this is we've taken an interesting tack. Rather than ending that movie. We decided to start a different movie here at this point <laughs> okay, during the movie. Because Mad Max hasn't gotten his stuff back yet. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, but okay. but we, we realized we, we didn't have anywhere left to go with that one, so we decided to start a different movie. Okay. So Max is rescued in the, in the desert where he almost dies um, by this young girl uh, who takes him back to this uh, sort of neverland. Uh, it sort of becomes Hook. It's all these kids oh. where they've, they, they believe that, you know, there's a prophecy and that... Um, Somebody's coming to save them, and they, they, they believe that Max is this guy named Walker, Catherine Walker. Why? Because of stories that were told, uh, handed down to them by somebody, 
and uh, and cave drawings that they've made oh. that basically show a picture of of Max. And she found him in the desert. She found him in the why desert, was, why was rescued she in the desert? him. She was in the desert, probably looking for the prophet, or um, okay. maybe running away from this film. <laughs> sure. <know>. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, now they they give him his jacket back from the last movie. <laughs> what did they get it from? That's a you know a great question. Okay, all right. Um, Is that supposed to be something we should dwell on and, and figure out, or no. do we just move past? And and but in a, in a daring sort of twist. Um, this is this is where you know the the reluctant hero part comes in. They say you're here to save us. Thank you. Get us out of here. We've been waiting for you to take us to the land of high scrapers and you know all the beautiful things that we were told. Well, that's a good film. For, okay, now right. we're in a new, another good film. Okay, exactly. Great. And and in classic style, Max says, "Fuck you. I you know no, I'm not that guy. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to do it." Um, and then he hits, he punches the girl. Wait, so wait. Like so Nicolas Cage style from, from uh, Wicker Man. Okay, so so far he's beat up a man with a baby face <laughs> right. and punched a woman. <laughs> right, exactly. Is that where we're at? That's, that's pretty much okay. where we're at. I can't wait to see what happens next. Right. Keep going. Keep <laughs> right. going. Um, then they all just sort of hang out, and, the, and these, these kids uh, split into two factions. The ones who are, who are like, yeah, Max is right. We should just stay here where everything is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, because he says the rest of the world is shitty and you've got a good here. And then the believers who believe, no, there's a world out there and if you're not going to take us, we're going to go. So half of the kids uh, leave in the middle of the night. Uh, Max is awoken to say, hey, the, kid, the kids have left. Um, you've got to go find them uh, because they'll die in the desert. Right. And then rather than being the reluctant hero again this time, He's changed, you know. Oh. He's, he's like, I gotta. Go. You're right. You're right. I gotta go save them. Does it have anything she's to do just with the a, woman? She's just a little girl. Yes. What? Does it have anything to do with the woman? Um, well, is this, there the woman. The or? woman. No, no love interest. Oh. She's. She's. And she, you know, she's ostensibly too young okay. for him. Um, so, so he goes after, um, and and he takes a couple of kids with him who sort of get basically press ganged into helping him. Okay. Um, carrying water and uh, this kid who's a hunter. Who then does doesn't do any hunt? As a matter of fact, I don't even know if we ever see him again. He, he, no, we don't. I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. So just to be clear, the plot of this film now mm-hmm. is Max rescuing a group of kids of and a kids. woman. Yeah, right. The woman he punched. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So now we're in. A, okay. Now let's, we're in this let's, film. Let's all let's uh, let's also take a moment to credit um, the the one kid who's basically a featured extra through this film. Um, although it does do a little, you know, some more stuff near the end. Uh, who is one of the weirdest looking child, you know, actors. Stunning. Uh, and, but they realize that and use it to, to their uh, advantage by turning the camera towards him so that you can immediately go, that's a weird looking kid. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm sold so far. I'm still okay, in. So, right, okay. And so he goes after film. the kids. Right. right. Goes after the weird looking kids. Um, and finds them just in the nick of time because they're about to be swallowed into the sand um, by, uh, or one of the kids is about to be swallowed into the sand, this sort of quicksand that we had seen once earlier in the film. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And this may be, not be true. Doesn't quicksand require water? Correct. It does. Yeah. Are there, is there water maybe in this Maybe it's desert? a sarlacc pit. I don't know. Maybe okay. it's a, maybe, okay. maybe if, you, if, you, if you cover up the sarlacc a little more, then So maybe there's becomes... either water underground or a sarlacc or pit. Or a sarlacc pit. I'm or, so, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Or just slippery sand. I don't know. Great. In a big hole. Anyway, uh, the film, which has had a pretty um, tame tone, you know, compared to the previous films... Um, all of a sudden, they just let one of the kids die. They kill a kid. They kill. They kill a kid. He, okay. He, do, he doesn't save. He's not. He's unable to save the kid. Is this a kid we know that we have an attachment no. to? We've no. never Don't seen care. the kid. Don't care. Right. <laughs> okay. He's one of the. He's one of the lost boys. So we've saved the baby face killer, but who then gets killed by anti entity? But yeah. Right. Okay. So we didn't even mention that he. he the baby face dies. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. Oh, but not. But not by Max's hand. Okay. Is there by chance a blind saxophone player at any point in the story? You know, funny you should mention. I'll tell you what. You know, we weren't going to put one in this movie, but because clearly that's something that you want, we'll add that in for <laughs> Will you. Will it make sense? Can he be Japanese? Absolutely. Okay, as great. long as it doesn't make any sense. Okay, great. Yeah. All right, go on. Um, so, so now now we're in the desert. He saved the rest of the kids. Okay. Um, and instead of going back to to the jungle paradise with lots of water where they came from, which is what he would do, which is what which he said you know, he wanted to do, right? You just said he wanted yeah, to stay there. Yeah. Right. Instead, there. They're resting in the sand uh, after this, you know, after he saved them. Yeah. Um, the, the sun goes down. There are lights off in the distance. End of the film. Here it is. And this is almost the, almost the half point of the film. <laughs> oh, my God. So. <laughs> but he rescued the lights kids. In the, he rescued the kids. That was his goal. Exactly. Lights in the distance. One of the kids goes, hey, look, lights. He's like, and Max says, Barter Town. That's our only hope. But why does he say that? 
Just go with it. You're in the way. This is important. <laughs> you know what? Because the movie's we, ending. He's, he didn't get his stuff back. Okay, Fine. Let me, that's, let me, that's the let first me, movie. Let me, let, me ex, let me explain this. We spent a lot of money building the sets for Barter Town, <laughs> and we did not spend enough time there. We need, we need to go back. <laughs> is it maybe that Tina Turner got bigger billing than she should have, and we have to see more Turner? Maybe. Or she required, uh, there was a, a song clause in her contract where uh, she, she said, I need to have a certain amount of songs in this film. And by this point, I've, you've only had me do two songs, so... I and need... one was a saxophone played by a blind man. By a blind man, right. Okay, so for some reason, just to catch up, Max has rescued the kids. I don't know why you're kids. following this, but I'm yeah. trying okay. to. Okay. Max has... Okay, the, the first, his first goal mm -hmm. uh, in the film was to get his stuff back. He just gave up on that. Sounds right. like... Okay, right. fine. Well, you know, he, he tried, and then he got driven out of the desert, and he had so he failed. more okay, pressing so, concerns. Right, and then the second, his goal was mm -hmm. to keep these kids in their utopia. Right. And then now, when confronted with the option to do so, you're saying he goes... He goes back to Bartertown, which was literally the, 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 a shitty time for him. That he escaped from. That he escaped from. That they want to kill him. Right. But he says it's their only hope. But why is that? Just go with me. So they get to Bartertown. <laughs> um, maybe some of the other kids got there, were kidnapped, I don't know. In any case, some of the kids beat him there. <laughs> wow. Um, uh... Because they're kids and they run faster. They have more energy. He's okay. an old man. Okay. Um, he gets there. They, they sort of sneak in to Bartertown, see that the master from Master Blaster, the little guy, the, the brains. The smart one. Right. Is, is being held captive because he's got all the, the knowledge of the technology and running the methane refinery. Yeah. Again, we've, and, we've, we've, have we established that he's smart? How do we do that? Uh, because Tina Turner tells us. That and he he's speaks, smart. you said, in fragmented sentences. He speaks sentences. in fragmented sentences, except for one point in the film. Uh, when when Blaster is dying, that he immediately just begins talking regular English. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, because he's obviously distraught, and that makes him have better grammar. Okay. So far, I'm in. Okay. So, uh, also, I forgot to mention, here's, here's a little extra bonus. Uh, Tina Turner has this right-hand man named uh, Iron Bar, I think, um, uh, who's, who's nowhere near as badass as uh, Vernon... Uh, Wells is in as as the Mohawk uh, crazy guy in uh, in yeah. Road Warrior. Lord, well, is is Lord Humongous's right hand man. Um, his special skills are is that he wears a, a geisha mask, sort of a Japanese theater mask, uh, strapped oh. to his back. Um, and he's really mean. What does it do? What does it? Um, he's he's also despite the fact that physically he looks, um, you know, scrawny and out of shape, he's stronger than all the muscle bound guys. He why? Because it's. Uh, uh, radioactivity, probably. It's probably some sort of mutation. He's a superhero. Yeah. Does the geisha mask do anything besides get caught on things when he walks <laughs> when in through small spaces, or no? Uh, no, I think it actually serves to identify him as somebody, uh, because everybody looks alike in this movie. Okay. Um, it's so that we remember that he's the guy. Got it. Um, he's basically the, the, the uh, Vernon Wells of, of this uh, film. Okay. Um, so, they sort of sneak into the refinery, and they're going to get in there because... What, what is the goal of them going... They're risking their life, uh, in theory, right? To right. go in the front... To maybe, to maybe get the little guy Why? who has the knowledge. Why do they need that little guy? Uh, because maybe he can fix the plane that I forgot to tell you about. <laughs> there's a plane? There's, a, there's this, giant, there's there this giant jet airliner crashed in the desert that these kids believe that if... if Captain Walker comes back, he can fly them off to Utopia. So it's a cargo cult in the desert, but it happens yeah. to be set in the Utopia. Right. Okay, sure. And so they maybe think the little guy... Can maybe fix the plane. And is that discussed on screen? No. <laughs> um, but I'm, okay. I'm trying to find some... Okay. Some, some no, no, I just, no, I'm in. Okay. So far, I mean, this right. sounds really okay. good. So his second goal has so, failed, his first goal has failed. Uh, in theory, we're looking for a new goal. A new goal, which right. is, uh, I guess, which the kidnapping is, of the small right, man. Right, getting into Barter Town, maybe kidnapping the small man. Maybe uh, they get in a fight. They get they get sort of uh, discovered. Um, this Iron Bar uh, guy uh, is chasing him. A lot of anti uh, entities guys are chasing him. Um, by the way, when he was in Barter Town earlier, wow, I'm really uh, I'm. I'm you know, I, I think I've left out something extremely important. When he was in Bartertown earlier, to sort of figure out a way to that he was going to beat the big guy, Master Blaster from Master Blaster, he starts working in the methane factory, shoveling pig shit. Okay. And he meets this crazy guy, who's been imprisoned there. I left out something very important. <laughs> well, it's important because then all of a sudden they're best friends, and he helps them. 
um, get out. Why does he do that? Um, well, also, when Max was uh, exiled to the desert, the Gulag, <coughs> this guy from the, the, um, who was shoveling pig shit in the methane factory, who was a prisoner there, somehow found out that the monkey, because there's always got to be a monkey. Was, I told, was a monkey? I, I told, you know what? Um, it didn't seem like I, I was getting you here, getting with this pitch, so so I want to, um, let's throw in a monkey. Where's the, whose kids, monkey is it? Kids like monkeys. It's Max's monkey. Where did he get the monkey from? He starts off with the monkey. <laughs> okay. You know, in previous movies, he's always had a dog. Right. Um, we're going to give him a monkey. Okay. Monkeys are, monkeys are big right at this time in the 80s. Uh-huh. So Max gets a monkey. Um, so this, uh, this guy... Sends the monkey out with uh, a skin full of water to Max in the desert. Okay. Um, why does that? Why is it necessary? Because because Max might have died. <laughs> but then what? Also, at, we need to do more with the monkey. Just out of curiosity, right after he drinks the water, what happens? Then does he, he get does he, he get revived and go back to the? He he gets revived for for about eighteen steps and then he falls face first into the sand. So he passes out it's, anyway. Yeah. So the purpose of the with water the monkey, was with the monkey. Um. Let's see, do we ever see the monkey again? Uh, I think the monkey dies in the desert so, with him. So, the point of saving the monkey was what? It doesn't save Max's life. You, um, said, you said the woman does that, right? Right, yeah, so exactly. What, so the monkey... To remind us that that guy in the in the methane refinery might be important. Okay, all right. Okay. So we sacrifice the so, monkey for character development. Fine. Ostensibly for character development. Okay, character I mean, development is, is... Development's a word you could use that would right. be wrong right. uh, in this case. Okay. So... So they get caught up in the refinery. There's there's a struggle. They um, the guy, the prisoner who's who's there, um, hops behind the wheel of this ancient train that is on some tracks that's being used to power the methane factory, um, and he starts it up, and it's it's sort of like the war rig in um, in that it's got a cow catcher on the front, yeah. and uh, and then he basically that's their escape. He sets it going. It it's attached to all this stuff that was running the refinery. And it heads out down the track into the desert. Um, now, let me just get this straight here. There's uh -huh. a train underground. Are we it, underground? It's, now? We're, we're in a refinery, so it's covered. But I, I don't know that it's necessarily underground. Okay, so there's just a it's covered, where they keep the pigs. Covered building. Right. But doesn't he fall into that at some point? Is, isn't he have to go down into the into the pig? You just saw this. You don't remember the? I mean, no, sorry, I'm pitching this to you. Right, yeah, you're yeah. seeing it in your head. Yeah, but is that right. is that what happens? Is he um, down into it? He's yeah he's yeah. I mean, you know, in any case... The, okay, so they back the train in, so they backed it up. Right. And I guess because the combustion engine is where the methane gets combusted, right? That, that sounds good. I'm yeah. not trying to overthink it, I just want to understand why no, they that's, would That sounds like train. solid science right okay. there. Okay, <laughs> right. So the methane goes so, in the train right. engine. Right, train and then they pump it throughout the city. And that creates electricity. Right. And the, the tracks are still fine. The tracks are still fine, totally uncovered. Um, so they're able to escape the kids, the prisoner, uh, Max, and the little guy, who once... Now there's a part of the train that's like a little house, and it's almost like a like a Vardo, like a um, like you know the the circuses. You know they would have the little carts, and you'd live in the in the in the cart. And yeah. clearly this is where the little guy was living because he gets in there and he dresses like he's in Victorian England. Oh, what a uh, twist! Okay, why does he right. do that? Um, because in the rest of the movie he's he's basically he's essentially naked. He's bare chested and has like bondage gear on. So but he then, goes from being a steampunk bondage guy to to like a circus uh, ringleader. Like you're talking like a three piece suit. Yeah. What? Yeah, with a pocket watch and everything. Can you tell me why? Just I like it, but tell me why. Because because they're running. They're in, sequence, they're, right? they're in a chase sequence. He gets he gets into his finest outfit, um, which and would it, take and some it, time. And it, it symbolizes um, the break from that feudal system, and then using you know technology into you know a new age. Right, right. So okay. he 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 puts the clothes on um, to to symbolize. Does that. anyone else change clothes? No. No one else has just, any clothes. Just that guy. Just that guy. Okay. Because his house was attached to the, <coughs> to the train. Right. So they're rocketing through the desert, um, and then all of a sudden this is when the other Mad Max movie starts, <laughs> which, is, which is basically, you know, what we've seen in previous movies. It's, you know, also like, like what you were talking about. Um, it's the same movie over and over. And how they far into a, the film are we when this actual big chase sequence starts? Hours. Hours and hours <laughs> into the film. Okay. Um, and this is where you get uh, all of Auntie Entity's people, all of um, the, the, the cars. You know, the cars basically from the last movie right. chasing this one truck like they did in the last movie. Right. Because that they, worked. Right. And they need the little guy back. They need the little guy back. Right. So okay. they're, they're, they're chasing. Okay. Um, and then there's this protracted uh, chase sequence in which things happen, like chasey things. And they sort of break away from the, from the pack 
Um, and they realize that the tracks are running out and they get into this sort of weird, awesome moment where they have to stop the train. And at the end of the kid is sort of this road agent, you know, like a, like a, a bandit who is the son of the, the pilot from the second film. Okay. The, 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 the helicopter. Who doesn't uh, know Max? The, the, the airman. Now, when the tracks, you said the tracks run out. Yeah. Is it that they, uh, over the, ostensibly the course of decades, and nuclear fallout have been, they've been eroded? You said nuclear again, I think. Sorry. So I'm, 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 yeah, yeah, please work with me. You're on from this. Louisiana. I it's know. Okay. It's how we, we were not good people down there. The nuclear fallout, mm-hmm. uh, is, are the tracks eroded? Like, how do the tracks um, end? It's, they're buried in sand. Where it's, it's, it's kind of unclear. But clearly the kid is so... Even though, even though a train has, has it run on there for clearly His years, whole life. His whole life. He knows to wait at the end of the tracks uh, because apparently trains come there a lot, which is oh. clearly impossible. Okay, I mean that's like but that's it's cute. That it, but it's cute because he's got oh, this okay, hat. He's, he's okay. got he's got these you know giant guns, and he's oh, like I'm I'm holding you guys up, and then there and then he sees that all of Auntie Entity's people are coming in with the cars, and he's like oh shit. So he goes and he escapes down this little tunnel. Max and his all the kids uh, and the crazy guy from the prisoner um, go follow him down there. He runs into the uh, uh, the 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 pilot guy okay. who was the one at the very beginning of the film in a strange little twist was the one who ba- who actually robs oh. Max. Okay, I like that. Even though they were sort of friends in the last movie, he, they show no recognition of each other. Oh, um, what a twist. Okay, right? I'm in. That sounds really interesting and meta. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, so, so they climb down in this, uh, into this tunnel. Under the under desert. The, under the desert. And they have to climb back up to get they to They climb the... back up because what happens is this guy's got a bigger plane in oh. this movie and, and they're like, shit, this is how we get away. We'll pile all, you know, all these, you know, 20 kids that are left into this airplane that literally is made for two people. Great. Um, and we're going to escape. Love it. So they get, they get in the plane and um, they're, they're trying to get away and he realizes that uh, they don't have enough runway to, because they're heading basically toward, right towards where anti-entities people are. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so um, Max says, don't worry, I'll make you some runway. And he, he, they, they start off, and then he takes this truck and, and drives ahead of them, and he's going to clear a path. Okay. And sacrifice himself, which is sort of what Max does. Max in, is sacrificing himself to, so, they can, so they can kidnap the little guy? So they is can all the, get away. So the kids can get away, basically. They just happen to have the little guy with them. So no one needs the little guy anymore. Is the little guy even relevant no, to what's happening? No. Because they he's sacrificed just not their life their to go to Barter. You told me they went to Barter Town to get that little guy. Right. And, and now they've got him, but, but they're being chased, and they have to get away. Okay. So he, he clears a path um, and crashes his car, and they, they escape into the sky. Great. Um, and, you know, Max, in a, in a very, you know, in looking at all the movies, you know, with the first one sort of excluded, because he's, he's kind of a family man in that, um, he's sort of this selfish guy. He's just in it for himself until pushed to the very edge, and then he sacri- he's always sacrificed himself for the greater good. Great. Um, so, so he's wrecked his car. He's out in the desert. He's surrounded by anti-entity, uh, in, who has arguably, you know, as, as much as we've, you know, trash talked uh, Tina Turner. Uh, not that I would in a, in a pitch trash talk no, Tina Turner or any anything about I'm my sure, movie. Sure. Um, has one of the greatest, uh, most memorable lines of the movie, which is when she first meets him. She says, "But he's just a raggedy man." Raggedy man. Raggedy man. Okay. Now is this is raggedy? Yeah, is this film set around when Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy would be popular? Would that joke play, would, do you think? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Good. Great. Um, but so she comes out. She's finally gotten him. Um, she must, she must kill him, obviously. No, she just she just sort of says, uh, we're quite a pair, aren't we? And then she leaves him in the desert. Okay, wait. Okay, whoa. Okay. So she hunts him down. Mm-hmm. He, this guy break, breaks the bond. Mm-hmm. With her, has mm-hmm. a David deal. Wrecks the refinery. Well, yeah. So he is. She sentences him to the gulag, which mm-hmm. I guess means the desert. Right. <laughs> means death. Right. That's somehow it's he Russian survives for that. Yeah. You're Russian for desert. He survives that. <coughs> I'm sorry, I keep coughing today. Um, she, he comes back then mm-hmm. to the to her barter town, which mm-hmm. she has set up her whole life. Mm-hmm. It's her crowning achievement. <coughs> he busts it up. Mm-hmm. Takes her prized possession, which is the little man. Mm-hmm. She finally catches him, mm-hmm. and she does what? She leaves him. She laughs and leaves. Him? She sort of laughs and 
and, and leaves the Raggedy Man <coughs> in the desert. Can we change that plot point, or are you glued to that? Uh, it's kind of the point of the story. <laughs> I'm slow. What's the point of the story? All right, you got us. We don't have one, but okay, okay. Mad Max. I do like Mad Max. Okay, and the, and no. Then, and, and then, but but the but the coda at the end. He gets his stuff back, right? He must get his stuff back. No, we actually don't go back to Max. Where we just sort of leave him. What? Um, we go to the kids, who have who have in the plane. They 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 turn into this dust storm, which is reminiscent of the dust storm from the next one from Fury Road. Okay. Um, and they they finally find the city that they've always been told about, but it's this bombed out, irradiated, um ghost town um, and they end the story by telling you know the, the tales of this guy who saved them and they have to remember because now they're in this um, place that was actually much worse than let me the just place let me just get this right from. you you end the film by mm -hmm. closing with the people you didn't meet till halfway through the film mm -hmm. and you put them in a worse place than they started mm -hmm. covered in radiation is that right? That's about the size of it. Okay, great. And our main character is where at the end? That's the mystery. Oh, okay. And then... The... Which leaves us open for a sequel. Oh, well, I like that. And then the mm -hmm. mission, which was to kidnap the little man. Mm -hmm. did, they get, did they get him? I think so. We don't see him again. <laughs> wait, wait, we don't see the point of the whole... The no, whole third act, it... you said, was a, a chase sequence to get this right. little guy out. Right. And then we must... There must be some triumphant no. reason no. why they... No? No. Okay. We may still be working out some of the details. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's just film it. Let's just, let's just film see it. See, can we just film it and see what happens? I mean, people like the other Mad Max movies. It's Mel Gibson, I'm, I'm, trust me, he's about to become a big star. Okay, great. And it, listen... <laughs> and anti-Semite. Right. If this is a huge success, we could always do another one in about 20 years. Right, right, exactly. It'll, this, this film, I think, literally burned the franchise until... Until Fury Road, and, and you know, bless George Miller's heart uh, for bringing coming back so strong because. Uh, um, and he says he's got two more. I mean, he knew he couldn't screw it up because yeah. after Beyond Thunderdome. I mean, was this critically acclaimed at the time, or was it. Panned? Just that one song uh, they played on the radio to, to death. But people didn't, didn't and, like the movie. And, and people still say, Two Men Enter, One Man Leave, Who Runs Barter Town? Master yeah. Blaster Runs Barter Town. Well, Master Blaster became a big, th a big thing. Right, yeah. Um, so there are still some cultural touchstones. Right, but the critics of the time, so. like Roger Ebert gave I don't it. know, but I, they, can't have, they can't have liked it. No. There's nothing... It's the most disjointed film I've seen in a long time. I, I really am I, it's, I'm perplexed. It's a, it's a film that doesn't care. Do you remember when there was all the kids, and they're all, you know, it's Australia. There's no mm -hmm. Aborigine kids. They dress like Aborigines, but they're all Asian kids. Kid. But there's an Eskimo child. Or an Eskimo child, yeah. Why is there an Eskimo child in the movie? Okay, I'll stop asking questions that aren't. You know what I did love? Let's close on this. I, okay. There's something I love. Let's, let's both pick something we loved about the movie. Okay. Because there are, and we could, this could even be a, a feature we do on this, is to pick the thing you liked the most today. Okay, okay. Here's something I loved. I loved, these, so the kids in the movie have this uh, record they keep on a stick, mm -hmm. and they twirl it around, and mm -hmm. it's just something they do. And they, clearly they've been taught to do this over time. Right. It's something that you twirl this thing. And then uh, in the train, um, for reasons unknown, there's a record player. I mean, the mm. reason is they have to play the record. But right. the reason this kid, this, this little man has a record player is confusing. Um, and they finally play the record that they've been right. holding on to their whole life, the legendary record. And they, they, they keep saying Delta, Echo, Foxtrot. Right. And we're thinking, oh, this must be some sort of code. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the record is uh, a French Lessons. Mm -hmm. And uh, it gets stuck on um, the translation of we're going to go home or we're going home or something like right. that. And the kids are saying that over and over again. That's great. I thought that was really smart and cool mm -hmm. and interesting and like just a very cool little mm -hmm. touch to this. You know, and this yet they chose legend. literally the worst place in the movie to put that scene, which is in the middle of the chase. Right. They all stop to learn French. Right. Which, listen, is about par for the course of this film. It's the one good idea in my mind that's buried and completely right. forgettable because you bury it in a way that doesn't doesn't land. But that right. that uh, that touch, that artistic touch of the mm -hmm. kids carrying a record around, twirling it, not knowing what it's for, and then mm -hmm. seeing what it's for, is I think it's really cool. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing? <coughs> I mean, I love the idea of Barter Town. Like they're 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 going in a 
and and the I mean it's a western. It starts out as 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 a western. Like he's the man with no name, and he comes into town, and there are the sort of the two forces vying for you know control of the town, and they're like we're going to use it. it's Yojimbo. Mm-hmm. Um, it like starts off almost exactly as Yojimbo, and I'm like, you know, and I and I got really excited about that, and then it, you know, and then it didn't feel like that was enough. So your favorite thing was the potential. <laughs> My favorite thing was the potential. <laughs> oh man. Um, but it was but it was full of little moments. Like I said, you know that the moment where he has to you know turn over his guns. You know if you have to leave your weapons here. Yeah. And then it takes him like twenty minutes to dump all of the hidden weapons. Sure. Out. That's yeah. a great character moment. I, yeah. I I love that. I've always loved that, and it's been it's been copied thousands. I mean maybe it's even copied from something. I can't think of what it might be copied from, but um, but it's been copied hundreds of times since then in movies that I've seen. So your favorite thing is either potential that was unexecuted or a trope. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not speaking highly of. Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, fuck. Uh, those are okay. I mean, I, th- it's right. fine. I think it's totally reasonable. Because yeah. those I are mean, both good. I love the image of that kid standing at the end of the railway trying to hold up the train, even though he's like four years old. Okay. He's, he's got big that. guns and an explorer's hat on. Yeah. I think imagery. Are... Certain imagery. That's the thing. Is you can t- I really think now that we can tell George Miller from someone else. and Oh, that's a George Miller thing. That's a George oh, Miller yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's really... The stuff that he did feels great, and I feel like this Ogilvy character is questionable. Maybe. It's like know. they paired George Miller with the Marx Brothers and said, go do a film. Yeah. And they were trying to make a slapstick, schlocky thing, and he was trying to make some artistic metaphor for the coming yeah. apocalypse. And they Maybe just someday they'll, like... they'll write a book about it. <laughs> One day. Probably not. Uh, thanks, well, for, thanks for joining was... us. You know, I thought, I thought this was going to be another... You know, I thought we, were, we wandered a little off the ranch last time. That's why it's got, why it got you know, up to about an hour. Um, but we're, we're almost an hour now. Okay, but well, clearly, and you know, it's it's funny. Sometimes you have a lot more to talk about when the movie isn't as good. You know, Road Warrior, Mad Max, the first two films. You know, it was it was hard to say anything other than wow. Well, we held ourselves to it. We got a little off the rails, but yeah. I do think so. Next off the week, rails, much like the train in this movie, which just the tracks were perfect. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, next week we are going to get to Mad Max Fury Road. If you're lucky. If we're yeah, lucky, we're gonna start watching it. You get the first four minutes. We'll talk about it. Um, I'm Travis. I'm Yuri. And you are awaited. <laughs>